I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this fine day? Doing pretty good. Sucking down some French fries. Homemade fries. Homemade from McDonald's? Absolutely. This episode is not sponsored by McDonald's. In fact, they had no idea that we would go and get coffee and french fries today. That's right. Or my mom would, because my dad likes to wee everything my mom does. All the little piggies went wee, wee, wee. All the way home with their McDonald's coffee and french fries. Absolutely. So you fired up and ready to go today? I'm fired up and ready to go today. How about you? I am, and I don't want you making any noises on this desktop while we're podcasting either what do you mean making exactly that i will do my best not to make any extraneous noises during this podcast my hands will be semi-folded at all times my hands will be wrapped around my coffee there you go mind my french fries so will smith will not be permitted to attend the oscars for a period of 10 years how come the slap heard around the world didn't look like much of a slap. I'm sure it was not staged, but it sure looked staged. It did look a little staged for him to go up there on, on stage and slap Chris Rock and then keep my wife's name out of your mouth and go sit back down. Yes, and then they both had smiles on their faces during some of the commercial shots I saw. Yeah, apparently they've been friends for a long time too, so... 20 plus years? It doesn't really make sense, but hey, maybe they were having a friendship spat and that was just one step too far for will smith well i don't know much about it but maybe because they had an open marriage maybe chris rock has recently slept with his wife and he was mad about it maybe but yeah i i what's funny though i had no idea that the oscars were going on until will smith slapped chris rock so i think it was publicity nor did I. I don't think I've ever watched one. I find, I mean, it's kind of a little weird to me. Eh, maybe not because they're industry experts, so to speak. But all the actors get together and say who the, they thought did the best acting that year. It's And then they get these swag bags that are worth more than what the average American makes in a year. I don't know. It seems a little too out of touch for me. It is. Probably why I don't. Well, that's not one of the many reasons why I'm not really bothered about whatever's going on. I don't watch it. I don't really care for that sort of things. Like, oh, look, kudos to me for doing my job well this year. Yay. And making millions. Yeah. Making good money. Plus, you get swag bags. Arguably, the swag bags are peanuts compared to what some of them make. So it's really not like they're getting an expensive swag bag in comparison to how much they make, but still, it just seems really out of touch to me. Yes, I agree. Isn't that like waitresses and waiters getting tips at a restaurant for doing their job? I will say I am. I wish the United States would go away from tipping. I think a, a good paid wage for what they do is important, and I don't think that we should be tipping. Uh, some states, not California. California has a minimum wage that is um, for for every job. 
So there are some states where the waitressing minimum wage is $2.13 an hour. Now, technically, they're supposed to make minimum wage. So if they don't end up making an hourly minimum wage, say no one came to the restaurant during that time period, tips were low, whatever the case may be, they are supposed to have the business cover them to get them to minimum wage, but it oftentimes doesn't work out that way. Right. So I just believe that they should be paid a good wage. And then you decide, do I want to work this job for this wage? This is how much you're going to get. You already know the benefits. You already know your hourly wage and you can plan on, on your life. That way you don't have to plan on good or bad tips. Right. And I think that's why originally a lot of this stuff were stepping stone careers. So young kids would work at these restaurants and at fast food places so they could earn some summer money. Yeah, but it it still doesn't negate that they should be paid. No, no, no. An no hour, that's a what good, I mean, a good hourly wage rate. for whatever. Right. If Because some of the jobs are more involved than others. Some are, uh, they're taking the, whatever the order is, and then they're turning it into the cook, and then somebody else brings out the order. Right. And then somebody else might get you drinks. So it really just depends on how involved it is really to be. And then if the company says we only pay the absolute minimum wage, you can say, hey, you know what? This restaurant down the street is paying above minimum wage and I don't have to worry about that. So I'm going to go over there. And that's how market forces work. And either the restaurant number one will raise their wages to be competitive or they go away. Or they have really high turnover when people realize that it's just not for them. That is correct. So I don't, I, I'm, I'm definitely in the camp that we need to get rid of tipping. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. You know, I mean, arguably, I understand doctor bills are really expensive, but you should be tipping your doctor when they solve your problem or if you needed a certain surgery that was very difficult for them, you know, a very difficult type of surgery, you should be tipping that doctor if we're tipping for service like, hey, you're the best in the nation and you saved my life and you did something hardly anyone else could do. Here's a tip. No, but to me, you know, I, I just, I visited other countries where tipping is not the norm or where tipping is normal, but it's uh, not 20%, not 15%. In some other countries that might be 10% or less is where tips typically are. So where are we going to fire this thing off at today? So today I think we should go with the shooting that unfortunately just happened in Sacramento. And so there were, so far six have died, multiple other injuries, and there was a stolen gun that was recovered at the scene. I believe it was something like a dozen other were treated for gunshot wounds, including the other perpetrators. So it appears that involved in this, they still haven't released who's who done it, so to speak, but involved in this uh, are recent releases or a recent release from prison. A gentleman received 10 years in prison for his domestic violence um, case. He received that sentence in 2018. And due to credits and early release criteria, he was released even against the prosecution's own request. But, I mean, hey, the prosecutor's going to request what they're going to request. But he was released early, so he was released after four years 
from the time of sentencing, but I believe he was incarcerated or jailed while he was awaiting trial. So he had some credits there and I respect that, that part of it, but then they gave him good credit for time served type of thing. And he was released after four years from his sentencing and he was involved in having a gun that was, he was in possession of a gun, a felon in possession of a gun. And his brother was also apparently in possession of a gun. And there was a noted machine gun that was also apparently found during this whole situation. So there was a birthday party at a nightclub. And it would appear that it got out of hand. And I don't know if they were gang members, but they were definitely individuals who were well known to law enforcement. And in fact, one of them had a uh, criminal record from pretty much the time he turned 18. So I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't have a juvenile record that's maybe sealed. But from 2013 to present, this individual, one of the two, their brothers, has been involved with crime in one fashion or another. So two brothers arrested. Yes, and the Sacramento... um Actually, the Associated Press is saying that there were five shooters involved, that it was uh, gang rivals. That would explain how so many people were hit if there were five shooters involved. Yes, and the two brothers, both of them were wounded by gunfire. They've both been arrested in connection with the shooting and so far are only facing firearms charges. I guess they're waiting to see the, the true who done it trying to piece together which gun killed which person. So I'm guessing ballistics are going to take a little while with that many shooters. And Right. The thing that bothers me about this is before we even realized who it was, how many shooters, what type of weapons, the mass media and our, quote, leaders were already talking about more gun control. Of course, even though one, an automatic gun... Or a machine gun, because I think it's been identified as both either a fully automatic or a machine gun. Whichever way it is, is not legal. No, it is not. Fully automatic or a machine gun, either way, no one was allowed to have that. Right, and you have to have an FFL license in order to own a machine gun. And there's very strict rules and regulations, and they don't just let anybody So for gang members to have them, there's a problem. Yes, that is a no-no. Well, and then the other thing noted... Basically, every gun was in possession of a felon. It, it would appear, I mean, there were five individuals, so at least two of them were felons in possession of weapons. Sorry, the other three. I shouldn't say every one of them. The other three, as it comes out, we'll report on that. But if you have people who aren't allowed to have guns, have guns, people who are not legally allowed to own guns, have guns, guns are not the problem. And as noted in prior episodes, the guns don't get up, nope. load themselves, and shoot them no, at they do people. Not. And generally, these gang members, especially in the Sacramento area, I guess they do it more in neighborhoods, in their own neighborhoods. This was kind of an outlier that they actually went to this uh, venue. Well, it was at a birthday party, apparently, because right. there was a, a local... Uh, unfortunately, a local young lady was also killed in the in the shooting. And by local, I mean Central Valley down down by us. I think she and was Selma or Singer. 
it's very unfortunate because you have guys and girls that don't get along and they think they are the the bad you know what's of the world and they end up getting in a little scuttle little oh what's the right word tiffs they get into little tiffs thank you and they end up taking other people out with them you know it'd be nice just to have the old uh Stand back to back, march 10 paces, turn around and shoot. Let's just take these people out in the desert and just let them handle each other. Winner wins, loser loses. Yeah, but once someone, then it just creates bad blood and you have to keep, okay, well, you shot them even though it was supposed to be a one-on-one, so it's my turn to bring it. Which is my point. It it never ends, yeah. It was a tongue-in-cheek. It's just a vicious cycle that keeps going over and over and over and over. And yet the ones that get punished generally are the law-abiding, tax-paying citizens and the innocent bystanders. Because you can have all the weapons laws you want. You can take them all down to single-shot little BB guns. And criminals are still going to find a way to be criminals and kill each other. Well, yes. One of the suspects was released from prison just a couple of weeks ago, already in possession of a gun. So it doesn't, apparently, if you know what you know, you know how to get a gun. It doesn't matter that you were just released from prison. Clearly, this person wasn't about changing their life around. And our society seems to have a problem with not helping people retrain and refocus and become better people. You can't force everyone to become better people. I get that. But apparently, we just make people better criminals. They still get caught. But now, instead of domestic violence, he's probably going to go to prison for murder. So we made him a better criminal. Right. So then it's the poor little innocent bystanders that suffer the consequences. Now, him being released early, anybody culpable for that? Nobody will be. I'm sure it's a judge, and the judge isn't going to be held to account because apparently the prosecution requested... That he not be released, I'm sure a parole board as well, uh, whoever's in charge of the parole board. But this person should not have been on early release. And whatever laws we have that are giving criminals credit when it's being supported that they're still in a bad lifestyle and likely to be recidivists. So, two, yes, recidivism rate is very high. So, two things. Number one, I just saw an article this morning that uh, this billionaire, George Soros, might be culpable for this because he's privately or secretly funding... The DAs that are letting people out. And, and the defund... The police and movement. And remove the police movement, yes. Yes, I had heard about that too, that he's he's uh, the money. So he is the money behind the crimes, very much so. Yeah, it's pretty bad. We say we don't want money to control what happens, but it does. Enough money from George Soros, and here we are stroking the defund the police movement. It's all about the money. Follow the money. Everything is about the money. Even our president's new pick for the high court, who's been recently confirmed. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, I believe... That she is going to swing the court to an unconstitutional push, if that makes sense. That we are are currently going to be facing decisions that are going to be unconstitutional. 
However, she's going to say that her decision is constitutional and we are going to be in a bit of a crisis or she's going to try to strike down the Constitution itself because she's already done it in her decisions. Isn't it interesting how the court shifts over years? We kind of go to the right, we go to the left, and they all have their own interpretation of what they think the Constitution is and says. Or what it should be. So part of it is what they think it should be. So we're not really reinterpreting the Constitution. We're just saying that, oh, times have changed, so we should too. But that is not why the Constitution's there. No, and it's interesting that now that she has been confirmed, now Biden has come out and said that uh, he's PO'd at the GOP's harassment of the high court pick. It's amazing how one side thinks they're the only ones that can pick on a nominee. As a matter of fact, had Biden, when he was a senator, not filibustered or threatened to filibuster a potential black female nominee, the current one that was just confirmed, Miss Katanji Brown-Jackson, would not be the pick, the nominee, or the confirmated woman. No, she wouldn't have because then the, the check boxes of black and woman would have already been made and it would have been made in the early 2000s. And let us not forget that Biden did actually filibuster George Bush's pick. She was a pick for a um, one of the, uh, oh, what are they called? One of the districts, one of the district court judges. Okay. So she was a pick for that. And they filibustered her, actually pushed her nomination, took two years before she was actually confirmed. And then when it was brought up that George Bush was likely going to nominate her for Supreme Court, that's when Biden came out and said, I may have allowed it once, but I won't again. And that she would not, if Bush nominated her to the Supreme Court, he would filibuster. And he said that publicly. So we should have already had a female and black justice, which I think we're focusing too much on in in the race and the sex. Because uh, part of the reason why I think we focus too much on it is the party that says that there's no sex. She even said she can't identify the difference between female and male because she's not a biologist. Katanji Brown Jackson said that. So if we, the party of, we don't know what a woman is, nominates a supposed woman, do we even know that we have a woman now up there? Is she a biologist now? I don't know. Well, if they were based in California and not back east, she could be whatever she wants at whatever time she chooses. Yeah. I just, I think it's interesting that we have women or women exist when we are allowed to say that women exist and women can't exist and we say that they cannot exist. And what I mean by that is here we have a woman for a Supreme Court pick, but then the very next sentence out of their mouth will be, we can't identify what a woman is. So it's just a little bit of a hypocrisy and weirdness. That's because what is it? The Hippocratic Oath? <laughs> <laughs> the Hippocritical Oath? What? Hippocritical Oath. Yeah. Well, speaking of we don't know what a woman is or or we can identify as whatever we want to be, a transgender cyclist was booted from the women's cycling team 
after female competitors threatened a boycott. So a biological male cyclist who now identifies as a female was barred from competing in the women's championship race following uh, threats of boycotting. And so Emily Bridges formally competed as Zach Bridges and was cut from the British national team because of a few different reasons. So one, there was a threatened boycott, but everybody was good with it until it was time for the championships. Obviously, this individual had cycled and made a team, so there was some competition out there. Um, But we are seeing men start identifying as women and going from men's teams where they have competed nationally to women's teams. So I'm sorry that they are usurping women's sports and taking them and, and making them their own, calling yourself transgender. It should be a front and a front to actual transgender individuals. But this individual was still registered on the men's team and they had a men's um, cycling identification card. I'm not exactly sure what they called it, but they were still registered for the 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 cycling's governing body as a man. So then the, the governing body said you have to wait for the expiration of that and then you can apply as a female. But I think that's just pushing the, you know, kicking the can down the road. There was an article last couple of days about the transgender swimmer. Leah, Leah Thompson? Yes, that there was a tie in the swim meet NC2A event where her and another lady tied for fifth place. And the NC2A judges at the event, when they were back behind the podium, the non-transgender went up to get the fifth place trophy so she could hold it during the end of the event. And they told her, no, we're going to give it to the other person. You can hold the sixth place trophy, and we will mail you the fifth place trophy in a week or so. I found that very interesting. So did she. She was on a talk show the last couple days and she said, you know what, it's heartbreaking that this person was able to swim as a male for three years. Now she's competing against females, still being a male. Yes, all you have to do is take some drugs and call yourself a woman. And apparently we say that that's enough for you to be a woman. Well, it was interesting that she's been a swimmer for quite a while. I think she, since she was a kid, this young... Lady. Are we talking about Leah Thomas? No, the or young the other from Kentucky. Okay. I, I didn't write her name down, so I, I apologize for that. But she actually went into a little bit of science and talked about the lung capacity of a male and all things genetic. And she talked about the... Is it testosterone blockers? Yes. And the fact that even one of those persons taking that is still stronger than the females. Yes. So we are denying science. And it's ruined and ruining women's women's sports. Women fought to have a place. There's a reason why we don't have just a single competition that both men and women compete in in every sport, whether it's soccer, whether it's running swimming, cycling, whatever the sport is, there is a reason why we have a men's and women's team event and they are separate. It is because while we may be equal 
and deserve equality, equality doesn't mean that we are exactly the same as each other. And the fact that we are are turning away and turning our backs from the this fact, it just blows my mind. I would love to say that I am just as strong as any male my age, you know, out there, but I'm not. I am not. And I would be lying if I said I could take on any person and be equal to them. We are different. And that is why we fought so hard to have separate sports. So we had the opportunity to compete against our peers, which are males competing against males and females competing against females. And it is mind-blowing that we would allow men who have competed at top levels to then identify as women and overtake the sport, whether it's Leah Thomas or even um, this individual from Britain who was a male cyclist and now competes as a female cyclist, Emily Bridges, now identifying as Emily Bridges. But when Emily was Zach Bridges, Zach Bridges set a national junior men's record over 25 miles in 2018. So you have a junior national champion who just turns around and says, okay, I'm a woman now. I'm going to go compete on your side and take over your sport. It doesn't make sense. Are we going to see Shaquille O'Neal come back out and and take over women's WNBA? Are we going to see LeBronette James (laughs) come out and start competing in WNBA? It would not be fair, but somehow these ultra liberals are coming out and saying, we're just supposed to shut up, put up and let it happen. Right. And it's not about their gender identity. That's different from what they're actually trying to accomplish. Correct. Because it's a takeover. Yes. It's a takeover. Women have no space. They went through years and years of, I believe it was Title IX. Yes, and in fact, even Fresno State had a Title IX lawsuit, oh, late 90s, early 2000s, I can't remember exactly when, but it was identified that at Fresno State, there were three more men's teams, and what the women wanted is they wanted, I can't remember which sport, but they wanted another sport, and they said, hey, you have three extra men's teams compared to the number of women's teams for all these different sports, can we start this sport up? And instead of allowing them to start that sport up, they canceled three of the men's programs. And when asked why, they said, blame the women for wanting another sport. So women have fought this hard fight and they've been blamed when men had, you know, more sports than they did. And instead of being able to accommodate and give women another sport, they decided to take away from men and and blame the women And that was just at Fresno State. But this is across the United States. Women have had to fight for a place at the table. And now they're being told that their place at the table is being overtaken by biological men who identify as women. And that's good enough for everybody else. And it should be good enough for them. And they just need to step away from the table. True that. So are you still following the war over in Ukraine? I'm... I will say that I am probably not doing a good enough job at following it as closely as I should, considering how big it is. Well, that's what we do because uh, we have, well, you guys have young kids. You have a job, kind of. 
your husband works full time, so you're consumed with everyday life. And when things like this start up, we watch it, it seems like 24-7 for probably three, four weeks. And then things start happening, it starts waning. And I think that's what Zelensky's a little worried about with Americans, because he understands that we have a short attention span. Yeah, unfortunately, that is true. Yes. Guilty. I will say I'm guilty of that at times. Well, as of today, there's a country, they're pretty small, I think, Slovakia. Mm-hmm. They have announced today that they're going to send Soviet-era S-300 air defense systems. Not going to send airplanes, but they're going to send them uh, anti-aircraft missiles. Old Russian-era. Well, they're not old, but they're Russian-era S-300s. Also, the British Prime Minister today, Boris Johnson, announced another $130 million in high-grade military equipment, like the Star Streak anti-aircraft weapons or missiles, and 800-ish anti-tank missiles and precision munitions. I think it really hurt people today and irked them with the fact that Russia attacked a train depot Killing 50 to 100 civilians is what they found so far. Yeah, and there have been there have been reports that they've attacked and killed other civilians, as we've noted. Right, and we have an American general, General Perkins. It's the first time I've read an article or listened or looked at him. So he says that the reason that this is happening is because of Russia's military. Um, it's their lack of skill. So that's why they're doing civilian targeting. And right away, my little simpleton mind snapped into, that's irrelevant. Because the country is being systematically destroyed one building at a time. He's trying to pound that entire country into submission. Over 20 million people have fled. So we're spending billions worldwide on weapon systems for the Ukrainians to defend themselves. When all is said and done, we will end up sending more billions to help them rebuild. So please don't misunderstand me. I want to help Ukraine. That's why I offered to go and help. However, at what point do we decide that we're going to actually either send our own troops, which it's it's not a, a good thing, but we're on the cusp of World War III, number one. And number two, the civilian population, again, are the ones bearing the brunt of leaderships. So he has a goal and objective, he being Putin, and civilians on both sides are being hurt severely, even to the effect that it's going to start hurting us here at home with our groceries, with our fuel prices, with fertilizers. So that might propel us into a world war with another country saying, you know what, we can't sustain this. We're going to have to go help Ukraine uh, thump this guy and finish him off. Yeah, well, what's interesting is our our military, uh, General Milley, is that how you say it, Milley? Milley. General Milley thought that Ukraine was going to be overtaken within days. And so his prediction was absolutely off the mark. It was not correct. So he predicted days, and maybe that was without any support from other countries, but I will say that Ukraine is fighting a hard fight, and they are doing well at it. 
and there is a love of country there that people are sticking around or going back to Ukraine so they can fight that fight. We really have done a disservice to Ukraine when we said that we would be there for them and we're, we're giving them parts and pieces and so are other countries, but we really haven't truly been there for them. They are suffering all of these losses. So even if Russia is targeting the civilian population, which is terrible, and should, they should be held to account for that, we should have been there side by side helping them based on what we said we would do. And now Russia, one of their demands is that their Ukrainian security, future security, would be provided by a Belarus, would be provided by a country that is um, a friend of Russia. So Russia is now demanding that Ukraine take security from Belarus. So they, they're coming up with some pretty uh, bad demands. Yeah, they have some interesting demands and... One thing I'll add to this little caveat is people are not aware that we actually had U.S. military there training them and on the ground in Ukraine up until a couple weeks before Russia attacked. They pulled them out at the last minute so that it wouldn't appear that Americans were there fighting side by side with Ukrainians. They were uh, giving them weapons training and pilot training. And I don't know if uh, the Ukrainians own F-15s or F-16s, but some National Guardsmen were over there uh, teaching him how to fly those airplanes. So we have actually played a little bit bigger of a role than we've claimed. And that was all set up by the Trump administration, by the way. Oh, for them to be protected, even though it was Obama's administration and the Clinton administration that said, we'll be there for you. Yes, crazy. It is, it is crazy. It's crazy that we end up getting to a place where... Okay, so a slight segue. Over and over, we've heard about how Trump was BFFs with Putin. Trump's in Russia's pocket. All of this stuff. But here we are that Russia attacks while Biden is president. If if Trump was in Putin's pocket, why didn't he do this offensive before? Absolutely. He would have attacked then, but he was a little scared. Because I think Trump's a little crazy. And you never know what he's going to say. And I know some people have pointed to the fact that Trump praised Putin after Putin invaded. I think that's a part of Trump's tactic. Because off and on, over the course of four years as president, we saw him praise people. And then he would bring them down. And then he would bring them back up. Like, that was a part of his tactic and negotiation and all of that style. So his praise of Putin, I don't think it was what people thought it was they're not bffs and they keep saying that they are but if you look at the history biden has done more work with russia obama has done more work with russia and has been friendlier with russia so why don't we say that they're bffs why aren't we blaming biden for this because he's in russia's pocket if he wasn't in russian in russia's pocket wouldn't he do more to stop it but he has said oh we don't want to we don't want to be too bad to Russia. They they might take it the wrong way. They're already starting a war. What other way are they going to take it? Well, see, that's because one party over the other is better at defining the narrative. Because we all know now, through Hunter Biden's little laptop, that not only were they in bed with Russia, they were in bed with China and 
And unfortunately, Ukraine also, well, a Ukrainian business. Yes, and if you look at what was happening in Ukraine prior with Hunter Biden, there was a deal that apparently went south because a, well, south in that the, um, yeah, sorry, south in, in the way that um, the prosecutor, a prosecutor in Ukraine was looking at prosecuting Hunter Biden. And if you, if history serves me correctly, Biden, Joe Biden, was seen on video talking about how he stopped aid for Ukraine until they agreed to fire the prosecutor that was going to go after his son. Yes, that was national news. And yet somehow that has gone away. There's no more talk of that. And it's all Trump's fault. I mean, I'm so tired about hearing hearing about how it's Trump's fault. Well, there are things yeah. that are truly his fault. Yes. Don't get me wrong. But everything's his fault. Well, let's go back to Trump for a sec, because that's how a handful of people think of me at work. Like Are this, you a Trumper? This guy's crazy. Oh, well, I mean, they're not that far off base. And then behind the scenes, we get things handled. That is true. So it's just an appearance thing. So that's Trump's way of doing business. He props people up in public and then gives them a what for behind the scenes. Just saying. Is that what you do? Prop people up in public and then give them a what for and, behind the scenes? And I will occasionally give them a what for behind the scenes, whether it's a vendor or somebody that works for me or just a guy or a girl. Yeah, well, that's actually a sign of good leadership is if you give the person a what for in front of everybody, you're a bad leader. Absolutely. And I've seen people do that where they've praised somebody and then knocked them yeah, all, you all in the same sentence. You praise in public. And then if you have any criticism or if they, they need to change certain things, you do that in private. Because people are going to get confused. They're going to think, oh, well, on the whole, I'm good. You said two good things and one bad thing. They're never going to change the bad thing. So, <laughs> or they're going to say you said that in public, and so now everybody knows, and I don't like you. So right, and that's why you have issues sometimes with fellow supervisors or managers. It's because you kind of uh, deal with things differently. Yes. Yep. So definitely don't um, don't criticize in public. Keep that behind closed doors. And uh, issue your praise, though, in public. Yes. So Hunter Biden scandal. Yes. Let's want, continue on I to the Hunter Biden. I want to stay, want to stay with the laptop. Because the Hunter Biden scandal is heating up. And still reporters are discounting it. They're also trying to hide the fact that his dad, Joe, is the big guy. He was absolutely involved, and you can see that in multiple instances. Yes. And when they said that uh, it was Russian disinformation, they should all be banned from public speaking ever again because that was disinformation itself. Absolutely. So an Atlantic reporter, Annie Applebaum, when asked by a student at the University of Chicago, Mr. Daniel Schmidt, if she believed the media acted inappropriately, when they dismissed the Hunter Biden story as Russian disinformation. Well, she responded by saying she thought the laptop was and is irrelevant. And this is just another example, now this is me talking, of how elites view the general public as stupid and ill-informed. If this was a person with an R after their name, they would have gone after this like sharks with blood in the water or little piranhas 
they would have been relentless and endless to destroy whomever it was. It would have been on the 24-hour news cycle. We still would not be hearing the end of it. Correct. And nor should we. If Even if it was someone with an R after their name, we should be hearing about it. Absolutely. But in this case, we have someone who has done wrong after wrong after wrong, and they are covering for him. The media is actually helping to silence the stories about him, so they are just as culpable in this situation. We have Hunter Biden, who did millions of dollars in deals with foreign countries and didn't disclose it and actually got caught under tax evasion, has recently paid those taxes after he got caught for evading taxes. And so now they're talking about, well, he's paid it, so there's nothing to see here. No, he only paid it because he got caught. If the story had completely gone away and not been made even more public than than the New York Post attempted to, where would we be? He wouldn't have paid those back taxes. He's still hiding income. And as you noted, the big guy who is getting paid is Joe Biden. And you can see money transfers from Hunter Biden to Joe Biden. And you could say, oh, well, he's just helping his dad out. No, because it's ill-gotten goods. It is, they used his position as VP. They used his connections. So what other decisions did Joe Biden make that were in the best interest of his son's interest? Because it also lined his pocket. Which means now that Biden's the president, he can be blackmailed. Absolutely, and I have no doubt that he is. And a couple of other things that have come out on the laptop is that, well, in public, Joe Biden has said, my son did his own thing. I never had any interactions. We never talked about his work. I didn't talk about my work. We were just father-son. That was one of his claims. But then an email on the laptop includes the request for Joe Biden to write a letter of recommendation to a Chinese Chinese businessman's child's attempt to get into whatever school they wanted to get into, and he did. So he there was a request that he write a letter of recommendation, and apparently he did. So there's some inter-business mingling right there. And even when it's right in front of their face, they still want to pretend it's nothing and doesn't exist. Well, and you don't even need the laptop for that. You have a real live eyewitness former business partner of Hunter Biden's, I believe his name was Bobolinsky. Yes, Bobolinsky even came out and supported everything that was on the laptop. He did an interview saying, I am not getting anything out of this. And in fact, it's probably going to hurt me more than it's going to help me. But the truth is the truth. And they shot him down too. And all of the, the government officials, current and former, who came out and said that it was Russian disinformation, all of them should get in trouble for doing that because they also lied. They should all lose their pensions if they're getting government pensions. Bobolinsky or their met, job yes, if they're still working. He met with Biden twice and they talked about business transactions overseas with him and his son. So it's baloney, which kind of slides me into a former Clinton pollster. His name's Mark Penn. He says that Biden has lost one of his key attributes, which is likability. That's a cooked up trait. Now here's me speaking again. (laughs) It's a cooked up trait if you ask me. I don't believe watching him for the last 40 years on the news that he was ever truly likable outside of the beltway. 
That's like saying Hillary Clinton has a high favorability and likability rating. And they're saying that he's angrier than ever. So guess what one of the symptoms of dementia. dementia. <laughs> yes, angry. Yes, angry. So he's an angry man because as we can see as American citizens, he's lost. He unfortunately has dementia probably from the sur- brain surgeries. He's had whatever. He's, he's had, had strokes. Strokes, whatever. They've had to remove, I believe they've removed clots. He's had strokes. He's had brain surgery. He's had all kinds of you know, medical related issues and they are using him. He is a puppet. There's, I mean, there's no, he would not be able to run the white house. I understand you hire certain people to do certain jobs for you, but he's doing nothing. He is, he's got cue cards with questions and answers and people's pictures. He, I'm sorry. I, I don't like him politically, I don't like what he stands for. I don't like how he's some of his decision making, the uh the war on crime that he was a part of. He helped to sponsor and put forth and it put poor people in jail because you could do cocaine if it was powdered and not get as much time in jail if you got caught compared to crack cocaine where you which is a poor man's drug. And those laws put people away for years. So it didn't go after drug users. It went after specific types of drugs, which typically poor people were affected. He has made decisions that I completely disagree with, that I completely dislike. But as a human being, they what they are doing to him is just terrible. Absolutely. And I, I don't care for his politics 1%. And it's very unfortunate. This is his wife, Dr. Jill. That's the one I'm most embarrassed for. Because the other guys are just vultures. They're going to hold on to power at all costs. They're going to prop him up like weekend at Bernie's if they have to. But she should be ashamed of herself. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, let's set that aside for just one second. Some of what was found on that laptop, because it was... um, a Mac. It also had the the text messages that Hunter Biden sent and received with his dad, uh, among other me- emails and stuff like that. Hunter Biden was so mean and cruel to his father in those messages. And in fact, there was one point, I believe uh, Joe Biden said he didn't want to run, and that he wasn't going to run for president, that he didn't want to do it. And Hunter Biden said cruel things to him. And I think Joe Biden ended up running because of his son. And so Jill may be supporting her husband to support the relationship with Hunter. I I could be reading that situation completely wrong, but some of the messages that came out were just how cruel Hunter Biden was. And I think he wanted his dad to run for president because his dollar signs were going away. And so with his dad being president, the dollar signs would come back. Absolutely. He was running into money troubles. Peddling. Absolutely. So I, I actually think that but for Hunter Biden being so cruel to his dad, we would not have President Joe Biden. Here's a problem right I have now. with it, which I agree 100% with you, is the fact that they are but three. Oh, there is somebody pulling are, the strings. Right, I, I'm well, not. We are, we are but 350 million-ish. 
330. Okay, so their family spat is not our problem. True. And it shouldn't be. No. And absolutely, as we have said before, why is there not somebody else who is not connected to the Beltway running for president? Probably because they wouldn't stand a chance. The D.C. machine is just so... They're so entrenched. Yes. Because the same with us getting um, a Supreme Court justice any year, any year of nomination. They're all from the Beltway. They all know each other. It's not some random person out in Nowheresville who knows the Constitution the best. That would be the best pick. It's all people who are politically connected who have clerked for the Supreme Court, they're, they're best buds with someone, they know someone, and then they all get to know each other, and they use those connections. And I've seen that on um, news clips before, where congressmen and senators of both parties argue and bemoan at each other when they're on camera. But at night, at 6 o'clock, you see them at the same restaurant, sitting together, eating dinner, yucking it up, and having a good old time like they're best friends. Yep, it's all... A lot of it's for show. A lot of theater there. And again, so you can break it down to even there's 100 senators plus your congressman. 100 senators, 435 representatives, voting representatives. Controlling 300 million people. Yeah, there's... I understand the design of the Constitution and the design of our system... But it also wasn't meant to be that they control us. It was supposed to be that they they were taking what we wanted and supported us. So there's... Representative Republic. Yes. That's the very reason that we broke off from Mother England and this thing was supposed to be the way it is. I think. So do you ever watch colleges, universities have debates and have guest speakers? On occasion. So apparently most of the colleges across America now are very liberal That's true. And when there's an opposing opinion. They try to shut it down. They do their best to shut it down. So UVA. That's Virginia, yes. University University of of Virginia. Virginia. A student pushes back after the school paper calls for Mike Pence to be canceled because he spews violent rhetoric. So the chairman for Young Americans for Freedom encouraged students to attend and respectfully challenge Pence. So you could hear both sides of the story. This university student spoke out after the college student newspaper demanded that former Vice President Pence be barred from speaking on campus. The student paper is trying to cancel an opposing view. When Nick Cabrera encouraged the newspaper editorial board to attend and listen to a different view other than their own. It's interesting that I believe, watching what I watch, seeing what I see, being the simple guy I am, that most people that rise up and become figuratively bomb throwers, you know, people that tear buildings down, they burn stuff up, they shut down conversation, they're generally liberals not the conservatives that try to come to these universities and speak. Most of them are pretty mellow and tame, and they're just giving you a different view of things to look at in life. So I think some of these liberals need to take a look at what's going on in Ukraine with Putin, communists, going after civilians. 
not caring about any constitution because they don't have a constitution. They have a dictatorship. Yeah, do we want a dictatorship here? We we kind of say we do. Some individuals, they do want a dictatorship because they want just to be able to shut people down instantaneously when they decide they don't like them. Right, it's because they've never lived in a dictatorship or a socialistic economy. Right. I So I've been having some uh, conversations about what that would look like and trying to come to my own understanding of what it would look like if we did go socialism or if we did, you know, change our system. And so one of the things I was thinking about is they don't want, uh, they being some of my leftist friends, they say you shouldn't be able to force me to work, do jobs I hate, do whatever. But in a system where we all need to work together to make society move forward, wouldn't that mean that some people end up doing jobs they absolutely hate? Yes. So are we supporting that we just won't do certain jobs and we'll still be able to live whatever lifestyle that we want? I still don't quite understand how that's going to work. They act like only happiness will be allowed. And so... Does that mean jobs just, certain jobs just go away? They just don't exist because nobody likes to do them? I, don't, I, I can't quite wrap my It's head. hard to process. And so I, I, I'm working it. on it. I'm working on processing that part of it. Like, okay, do certain things just not exist anymore since we don't like them? People want free stuff and they don't want to work for it. Yes, they do. And I think about that with my kids like trying to instill in them that if there's things that they want to work for those things that they want so they have chores they have chores that they do that supports the family and then they have chores that they can do that they can earn some money for and that not every chore is a money earning chore but if they don't do the chores that support the family and they only do the chores that get them money, they actually don't end up getting money because they aren't supporting the family as a whole. So whether that's, you know, sorting their own laundry or helping with the dishes, sometimes helping to cook dinner and they'll say like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, Oh, well me either. I don't want to wash your laundry. So I guess you're going to have dirty clothes or no clothes. If you don't want to help, you know, sort your laundry or flip your pants right side in. That's why I think farmers and farmers' kids are actually a pretty good example to look at because farming is a very hard job. It is very, very, very hard. Farmers make their kids, boy or girl, at a very young age, get up very early and go out and tend to the animals or tend to the crops or whatever the case may be, whatever they're growing. And they get older, ethics and a work habit is instilled in them and do you know that a large percentage of them go off to work somewhere else because they want to try something different but almost all of them end up especially if it's a family-run farm they end up working their way back to the farm because they know that their hard work produces and pays off and they can feel really good about themselves at the end of the day and they feed america it is farmers that feed america yes speaking about feeling pretty good because we're kind of in this uh, podcasting mode and we're into social media now and such and we're kind of feeling things out and growing our wings a little bit and we're going to get bigger and better as we go. And it's fortunate for us that you have a billionaire who looks at social media, looks at all sides of the spectrum 
and decide, you know what, I need to put my money where my mouth is because I really don't like the fact that an organization called Twitter is censoring people because they don't, just like the college kids, they don't like an opposing view. Whether it's correct or not, that should be for the people to make the decision, not an algorithm or not some guy that's sitting in a mall or girl, lady, that's sitting in a multi-million dollar home deciding they don't like what you think. So I'm glad he purchased such a large stake in Twitter. And I guess just being put on the board raised a little concern with a lot of Twitter employees. So he's actually getting ready to do a town hall meeting with them. And I can't wait to watch it if it's in public because I'm sure he's going to reassure them that we're just going to level the playing field so everybody has the same opportunity to to type their, I don't know, I don't have Twitter, so they're... 140, 140 characters, characters or whatever. At least that's the original. I think some people are able to do a little bit longer. Well, and then maybe during this process, we'll bring somebody like uh, Mr. Trump back or some of the other conservatives that are able to be back on Twitter and uh, let them parallel with the Chinese communist leader, Putin, the Iranian leaders, and others who have never lost their Twitter accounts. Despite being mass murderers. Despite being mass like murderers. literal mass murderers. Not believing genocide. in... Yes, not believing in gay people, not believing in transgenders, not believing in women in the workplace. None of that. And yet, somehow, somehow mean tweets. Nope, got to do away with you. And you can say, you can claim that it was January 6th and he supported January 6th and and the individuals who were assaulting police officers. He used Twitter before his Twitter account was blocked to say this is not who we are, be peaceful, and he did not want a riot despite, I know some people claim that he was using secret coded language and it was his secret coded language that was saying the opposite of what he was actually proclaiming, but his words said, be peaceful. This is not who we are when they were there were claims of assaulting police officers. Well, I hope those have been saved, and I hope that they can go back in now and find them and show them to everybody. Because I keep hearing that too. Oh, well, he used code words. Yeah, black is not black. Black is white. Red is not red. Red is green. You know, these guys, they can come up with conspiracies all day long and, they count, and that's okay. And they're they count conspiracy- them as fact. Yes, their conspiracies equal fact. Their attempts at disinformation are also fact. Or it doesn't matter. When you have someone, the, the reporter that you noted earlier, claims that it doesn't matter anymore that whether or not the Hunter Biden laptop was Rus- Russian disinformation or not. Oh, it doesn't matter. Let's just move on. No, we're not going to move on. And we need to remember this because they will use this tactic in the future. It was successful. So they will use it in the future when it is successful. And yeah, they just want it to go away because of how wrong they were and their technical Technically, they were participating in misinformation in a very public forum, so they need to be called out and held to account. If you want people who are truly disinformationalists, I, don't, I think I just made that word up, but we need to go after them. I make my own words up all the time. I sound pretty good in front of myself. Speaking of making things up. Yes. Yeah, so Gretchen Whitmer talked about this before yes that would be the plot to kidnap the governor of michigan and we have noted before 
that there were uh, many FBI informants and plants involved in the kidnapping plot. The claim is that they heard about it and then went there to try and stop it. So please continue. So a hot news article. Did the FBI set up Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot? Well, apparently two men have been acquitted. Really? And the jury is deadlocked on the two others. Says they couldn't agree on verdicts. So yeah, this is another case where somebody has a thought in their head why they'd want to kidnap her. I have no idea. I'm not going to get into the minutia and the weeds of that. But, you know, you have somebody talking about it probably at a Starbucks or at an Applebee's and just happens to be a, an officer there that overhears it. And next thing you know, there's more officers involved than the original one or two or three guys that were talking about it. Which sometimes I, I think just like potentially January 6th, a lot of it was talk and people got whipped up into a frenzy like the human condition, like a human can. And next thing you know, the thing spirals out of control. So it makes you wonder at what point should an organization like the FBI say, okay, we're just going to yank these guys in. We're going to you know, have a discussion with them, say you're going to knock this hooey off or you're going to jail. As they should for some of these individuals, they should go to jail if they are truly that person. Uh, but when the F- I'm sorry, the FBI is getting a getting their hands a little dirty lately. In all sects of our life, they seem to be getting their hands dirty in a lot of plots. So it will be interesting. We're still waiting on the release of whether or not Ray Epps. So going to January sixth, whether or not Ray Epps was. On the FBI dole, was he an FBI informant? Because Ray Epps has actually testified under oath in D.C. during a hearing that he was not an FBI informant. But if they're doing a release, it will be interesting to see if they tried to recruit him or, or what have you. But why hasn't he been prosecuted since they have him on film and they went after people who weren't even there? I mean, they went to the Stop the Steal rally, the the Trump rally, and then they went home from there. They didn't go to the, the Capitol building at all, and yet they were targeted. And then there were individuals who didn't even go to D.C., but because they were talking to some of the other individuals who did go to D.C., they were arrested for the conspiracy plot. So why is it that someone who is on film, widely known, widely seen, encouraging people to take down the the fencing and attack people why is he not getting prosecuted it doesn't make sense to me it does not and can we talk about somebody we had dinner with one night without talking about somebody we had dinner with that was there on january 6th we can okay so said individual while having pizza was telling us about his trip back to dc january 6th and the fact that he stayed in a hotel where there was a lot of uh, folks that were there at the initial speech. And that they were marching to, would you say the halls of Congress? They were marching to the to the, the halls ca- of Congress. Yes, okay. they were marching to the halls of Congress. Okay. And he started to notice that it was a different group of people that were there and not the original group that he was with and what he was seeing. Which makes sense because there has been talk that 
some of the capital issues that went on, some of the breaching, some of the attacks that that started before the rally ended. Right. It was a different group of people. Yes. So when he saw that, uh, being the stature and what he does for a living, he opted to turn around and go back to his hotel and head back west. So that's just one case of somebody that was there and saw through his optics two different groups, two different things. So I'm hoping that during these court cases that there's more people that are willing to come forward to say, hey, wait a minute, I was there, I saw this, then I saw this. Um, So we can parse this thing out and be done with it. Because, you know, it's interesting that apparently after that happened, they had fences around the White House and Congress, and apparently there's still fences. However, you had to show six forms of ID just to go anywhere in D.C., and I know six is just an arbitrary number, but it took a lot to go places. Right, and if you didn't have the right ID or if you didn't have the right reason for going in there, they would not let you. But you had two guys that were smart enough to make up fake IDs and work their way into the Secret Service. Oh, yes. Not only did they manipulate a handful of Secret Service guys and gals, they were actually able to go into buildings that they should have never gotten into. That's the kind of thing that we need to be looking at and worried about. Secret Service should be embarrassed at considering they had actually had contact with our first lady. Now, like like them, because they have a D after them or not, that's something that absolutely is a no-no. Never should have happened. Never should have happened. And apparently they, they these two individuals pretended to be a part of the Department of Homeland Security, big umbrella out there, just saying Department of Homeland Security, but pretended to be a part of that, started offering what to me essentially looks like bribes, telling Secret Service agents, here's a, a free apartment, here's a... Uh, government apparently they they had fake government plates too because they said here's a an suv or here's a vehicle and apparently had plates on it and they tells me go ahead i'm sorry oh and they they were able to get very close to people that should have had all of their alarm bells go off but we have security protocols for a reason and i i don't know it just baffles me because if that person had said oh hey i have an apartment for you obviously they must have worked at it longer than that they must have known who they were talking to if it's to find not these agents. hidden we're gonna find out that there's more to this story than meets the eye one number two little side story backstory um we had a visitor at our hangar from another base he just happened to be a director did not know that he was standing in the middle of the hangar As many times as I've roamed around my buildings there, I didn't recognize him, so I went back and challenged him. And he explained who he was and showed me his badge. And he goes, yeah, I was kind of looking at you because you walked by me, then you stopped, and then you turned around and looked with this curious look on your face. And I said, yeah, because I was plotting in my mind, because you're like 6'5", I'm six foot, exactly how I was going to take you down if I had to. And he just laughed and smiled and said, good job. Yeah, it's kind of funny when I, doing the challenges, you do size the person up. Could I take you if I have to? Yeah. And in my case, it was a, a, a young lady, and I, I was actually taller than her, so I figured I could take her. But that's not always true. People no. have surprising amount yes. of uh, strength. That's why, you know, some of the Navy, former Navy operators that I follow and watch, you know, that's one of the big things with them is 
the most important thing, even in civilian life, is to de-escalate if possible. If it ratchets up, then your mind has to say, okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this. The thing is, unfortunately, is a lot of people think that they can take somebody down, and they never have. So they hesitate, and that's when something happens. But let me bounce to the Secret Service and Democrats, Republicans, different eras. So it's interesting that during the Obama Secret Service, I believe they were down in, Pan, not Panama, but somewhere south of our border here. And there was a lot of illicit prostitution with Secret Service. Yeah, they were propositioning prostitutes, staying with them in hotels and such while they were down there uh, supposedly watching our president. So then you spring forward to Trump. I never heard one story about the Secret Service, any missteps like that, probably because his frame of references, you're fired. Um, and then you bounce to this president here, and then we already have issues with those three Secret Service people that have been put on administrative on leave because of what happened. Well, and if you're biblical, we're all sinners. Absolutely. We are all sinners. We all make mistakes. So that was down in Cartagena. And that year it rocked the elite secret service and absolutely embarrassed the White House. Isn't that because the prostitutes drugged them and they were uh, working for the cartel? Yes, they were booze-fueled antics of 13 service secret service agents who sat out for a wild night in a seaside resort. Yeah, it was in Cartagena, Colombia, and they were working for the cartel. Yeah. Not the agents, the prostitutes. Right. Well, I'm sure that prostitution is a cartel business anyway, so it wasn't like they were intentionally going after the Secret Service agents, and that was their ploy. It was that the Secret Service agents went to the business of the cartel. Right. Which is something that should be very well known, is that the cartel... will. Not just involved in drugs. Prostitution is a moneymaker, so they will have their hands in different things. But jumping back to January 6th, we have our first individual who was acquitted of charges related to the January 6th, 2021 Capitol riot. So we do have an acquittal of an individual. I'm wondering if more are to come, but I believe that this individual asked the judge to make the decision. So it was a bench trial rather than going to a jury. So it'll be interesting to see if there's appeals and if it's upheld. But yeah, so we have our first acquittal as well. Cool. So how many black senators do we have in our U.S. Senate? I know of at least two. We have three. Okay. I think we had four when Kamala Harris was also in the Senate. Right. I don't. Oh, I well, sorry. I'm going to have to take that back because I don't think they were at the same time. So, okay, we have three. Well, I don't mention shows on television, but on The View. We've mentioned The View. I know. I'm just so. so they were all giddy about the new Supreme Court confirmation. So they actually wanted to mention some black senators. So they mentioned Raphael Warnock, Democrat of Georgia, and Cory Booker, Democrat of New Jersey. 
But they failed to mention Senator Tim Scott. Because he is a Republican. He's a Republican from South Carolina. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, why would we mention... We, we like to pretend here that Republicans just don't exist or they don't count. Well, and what they failed to realize, because they... Well, they probably know. They just didn't say it and they didn't pay attention. He is the longest serving black senator currently in office. So when they slight him, guess who else they slight? Every person that voted for him. And I guarantee you there's thousands upon thousands of black and Hispanic, Chinese, Japanese, and other folks that voted to put him in office and continue to vote to put him into office. And do you know what? If we voted the way that they say that we should vote, which is kind of a majority rules based on race, like vote your race. Yes. We would not have black senators Correct. from South Carolina, from Georgia, and from New Jersey. And we absolutely should have black senators and brown senators and white senators and Asian senators. We should have senators across the board vote for somebody not based on race. Yes, and there were some polling studies that were actually just done. Do you know how many black folks are in America? What the percentage is? I believe the percentage is 14%. 14%, but when they did the polling in America... The Americans they polled thought that almost 60% of America was black. Because we don't base things on reality. Correct. And if you look, so California just had a law struck down, which was that all public companies in California had to have a diverse board, and it had to be basically a diversity hire on every board, depending on if you had up to four, four to nine, nine or more was the percentage of diversity that you had to have. And I just find it interesting that it's not about the makeup of the state. They base it on the makeup of the country. And I'm not saying that we should have more or less of a person. We should have the qualified candidates, whoever that is. And if people are being racist or sexist, they need to be put on blast. (laughs) But we just, oh, sorry, you have to have a diversity hire now. Even if there's no one that you can hire that knows the job well enough compared to X, Y, Z. But do you think that we could ever have too much diversity? What if all of the board was non-white? Would you then turn around and say, oh, I'm sorry, you have to hire some white people because your board isn't diverse enough? Well, I think there's more people in America than black and white. It's not a black and white society. Yeah, well, and then their diversity hire, they had all of these criteria. It must be LBGTQIA, must be of a minority, must be a woman. And so they had all of these caveats. So you can end up with women, but no LBGTQIA. You can end up with a white LBGTQIA person, and then that's diverse. It's just we make stuff up as we go. Right, I was going to say, the thing they think they're fixing, they're actually making it worse. So let's talk about BLM. Speaking of diversity... Boys' lives matter. Babies' lives matter. Bats' lives matter. <laughs> so black lives matter. Okay, black lives matter. We have a, this group, as we we have mentioned previously, has uh, started to lose their ability to uh, solicit funds on certain platforms. 
So Amazon took down BLM from their smile.amazon account where you can raise funds for groups through your purchases. Is that because maybe they've been found to be not as advertised? So they are being found not as advertised. They have purchased millions of dollars in homes, like multi-million dollar homes. Another $6 million mansion was just found, I believe, in, in L.A., and uh, they haven't been helping black communities. They haven't been supporting black-owned businesses, as far as we can tell. They're not actually giving out the money to the causes they claimed to support. So they're just like Maxine Waters, if you look at her district. Yes. And so now it BLM is starting to lose its ability to raise funds. And apparently they aren't filing the tax documents that they're supposed to be filing to, like how much money comes in and what they're spending on. So they are two years delinquent in some of their required filings for their nonprofit status, which isn't tax, but it ultimately relates to taxes. So they're just like some of the organizations that work with homeless, some of them that build homes for people. Bad guys will be bad. Yes, bad will be bad. So I guess we need more laws to protect us against folks like that. Yeah, because we don't have enough laws. Okay, so... I don't know if you heard, but a couple of individuals have uh, become positive for COVID on Capitol Hill. Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi being one, some staffers for Kamala Harris being others. And then I believe a a congressperson just came out and said that they were also positive for COVID. And there is a video when Biden is doing a signing ceremony of him and Nancy like doing a, a cheek kiss sort of thing. And they are saying that Biden and Nancy Pelosi, despite being maskless and kissing cheek to cheek, were not considered a close contact. She held her breath. And then with Kamala Harris working with her staff and also being at a lot of these venues with these individuals, such as Nancy Pelosi and presumably Joe Biden, although it doesn't seem like they get along very well. They have been at venues together. Obama was just at the White House and Biden and um, Harris were with with Obama, among others, massless. So they were also saying that she was not a close contact, a technical close contact, even though the CDC guidelines say otherwise. And Harris presided over the Senate, maskless. And just so you know, I don't think masks work. That's beside the point. They're the ones who made up the rules, and they can't even follow their own rules that they made up. So why do you? Do as I say, not as I do. So House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is even pushing back right now on some claims by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Pramila Jalapal. Jalapal? Competed. what is she put to it? be Queen B of the left last year as they opposed the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Well, what her office said, her being Nancy Pelosi, is that under the Speaker's leadership, House Democrats have made historic progress for the American people and are unified by the common purpose of addressing the needs of hardworking families. I don't think they've done anything for hardworking families. Have you looked at the cost of gas, groceries, heating, cooling? Uh, Yeah, I would say that the common person has not been helped. I'm sorry, trying to line my pocket a couple hundred dollars at a time just to 
to make me smile and keep me happy. I'm not as dumb as you think I am. And I hope all of you look are able to look past how they're trying to bribe you with pennies at a time. It's just ridiculous that they think if, oh, if we slip them some money, they'll they'll turn their head at all of the other stuff that they're doing. So do not be misdirected. Keep your eye on the prize. They are the problem. Do you know, I guess I'm one of these since I'm white, huh? And I don't know what being a supremacist means because I'm not one. But Mr. Mayorkas of the Homeland Security says... White supremacists pose the most prominent threat to U.S. homeland. Even though human smuggling incidents along the southern border are at an all-time high, the border is porous and wide open. They're talking about doing away with Title 42, which would allow more to come up south of the border. We have a drug problem, a drug overdose problem nationwide from this porous southern border and they're deflecting and blaming it on white supremacists. It's always everybody else's fault. And so if you look at Mr. Alejandro Mayorkas, his family's from Cuba. And once the Cuban revolution happened, I believe Mr. Alejandro Mayorkas was about one years old, one year old. His family fled, but they had money so they didn't have to do it by boat. So they were moneyed people who fled the United uh, to the United States, ultimately. They fled Cuba. And then he comes here, and he, he is an immigrant himself. He reaches the top levels of government. He arguably, the only higher he could go, I mean, he's in the president's cabinet, so he's pretty high up, I would say. And yet somehow... Those white Americans, man, they are the problem. I just find it really interesting that moneyed people find white Americans to be the problem. Well, it is, and the reason he came up with this, or during a speech at Al Sharpton's National Action Network conference, the secretary pointed to the repeated and persistent bomb threats against historically black colleges and universities in recent months as an example of the threats talked of his recent work with black universities and churches to improve security. Did they prove that it was white men that were doing that and white women? No. And the interesting thing is when this happened a few years ago, come to find out it was a black individual who was doing it, who was doing the bombing and the burning down of the churches. And this is not to say that white supremacists don't exist. They absolutely do. However, it's just funny when they come up with this big, keep your eyes off the prize, look over here, shiny object thing. White man's a problem. Look, here's our example. But the example is not actually a white man doing a bad thing. It's bad things happening to people of color that that haven't been proven, like, who did it. Why is that? Uh, it's, it's an interesting... Uh, I don't it, and thought. And honestly, if it if these are if a white person is behind this, they need to be held to account. Whoever is behind it needs to be held to account. But just like the uh, hoax of Jesse Smollett, that was a hoax hate crime. And not to say all hate crimes are hoaxes, but that was a hoax hate crime. If you look at NASCAR and the noose situation, it turns out just to be a door pull that had been like that for a year. That all of a sudden it must have been a white supremacist thing coming after a black NASCAR driver. 
I feel like it's a bunch of misdirection. He doesn't want you to look at the border. Yes, he's overarching Department of Homeland Security and problems with nationalists, you know, on U.S. soil is a part of his job, but he always seems to find a misdirection when he's trying to address the border. Right, and they always want to find the root cause of everything. What If it is supremacist, what is the root cause? Let's go after the root cause and fix it. If there are white supremacists around the U.S., which there are, root them out. Arrest them. Get rid of them. Shut down their social media. But if you're at the border talking about the biggest threats at the border, don't pretend like it's white supremacists are the biggest threats at the border. Absolutely. Address the problem. Another tongue-in-cheek thing. He's down at the border while there's hundreds of thousands of people coming across our border illegally. But we gave them phones so we could track them. Oh, yes. Now we have uh, Biden phones. So we, Obama phones 2.0. We gave them phones so we can, we're, the claim is we're going to track them. So what's the lesser of two evils? Finishing the wall and providing security down there or giving out thousands of phones and homes and flights and bus trips to people that should not be here until they do it through a legal process. Um, whose money is this they're spending doing this? It's ours. Yeah, more U.S. tax dollars. More U.S. tax dollars hard at work providing phones to people who are unlawfully residing in the U.S. Now, they these individuals, the claim is that they're going to have court dates and they need to check in with ICE and keep up with their court dates and go through the process. But the thing about that is, they're, in a lot of cases, they're not even giving court dates to the people. So then they'll claim, well, the phone is so we can get their next address and give them the court date when we have it. But they're not scheduling people. So don't tell me it's for keeping up with their court date when you're not actually providing the resources that the system needs to give all of these individuals court dates because they're not doing it. So it's fake news then. Yes, and during the Obama administration, they started giving out to be determined TBD as their for their court papers, and then a judge, I believe, was in California, ruled that that wasn't appropriate notice. So then they had to go through this whole thing where they actually gave a court date on the paper as soon as they were issuing it. And now under Biden, we're backtracking to what was what we were told was unlawful, which is not to give a court date. They're not even giving people the TBD. They're just sending them off saying, we'll get a hold of you later. Yeah, okay, sure. So this just in, Russia is ramping up its war effort in eastern Ukraine. Senior U.S. defense officials say that Moscow could look to recruit as many as 60,000 reservists to join the fight. Wow. That's a lot. Yes, it is. So a topic we touched on last week included... PG&E, and whether it was a public utility company. Pacific Gas and Electric in the California area, by the way, people. Yes, so I did look it up, and they are an investor-owned utility, which is something that we did touch on, was that investors were getting a return on investment when there appeared to be no money to do it, which was kind of weird. So they are an investor-owned utility with a publicly traded stock. And the the headquarters is in San Francisco, California. So I just wanted to touch base with our listeners and let them know that it is an investor-owned utility. 
and not a public utility. But honestly, with what's going on at this point, I think we need a takeover and we actually need a true public utility that is about the public good and not investors because it doesn't seem to be working in our favor when you have individuals who lose power every time it gets a little windy for fear another fire will be sparked because the the company is not keeping up with their lines. Yes, and they've gone downhill quite a bit because I remember back in the day when I was a little bit younger, they were actually a great place to work and a pretty good organization that took care of a lot. And they still do a lot for a lot of citizens. It's when you get to the, you peel back the onion and you get to the upper management and the investors, that's when the thing falls apart. And we're going to have to look at their 10K report, which I just pulled up uh, in a different episode. Common shares outstanding as of December 31st, 2020. Looks like, oh my goodness, one billion nine hundred eighty-four million six hundred seventy-eight six seventy-three. That's a lot of shares. Yeah, in 2019, it was only 529 million 236 741. So they must have re- had a reissue of more stock. Seems like it. Wow. I don't know if we touched on this last week, but I do want to let our listeners know that the cousin who came out and said that the the 14-year-old boy that, that passed away in Florida and got on the roller coaster, so the cousin who came out and said they were denied entry on a bunch of different rides and then they were finally allowed to go on, on the particular ride that the boy ultimately ended up dying from, apparently was an intention seeker who has a criminal history and is not related to the family. So I wanted to let the listeners know that the the quote-unquote cousin that was giving press conferences and talking about the young boy was in fact a liar and just trying to seek attention. Awesome. So my military story of the week or the military story of the week is the Defense Department is actually putting patients, military and otherwise, in danger because they do not actually check on the doctors that they're hiring. So sometimes they don't even check to see if they actually have a license, if it's still valid, if they're practicing, and what their their history is. So it turns out that um, individuals are dying because of bad doctors. So jumping back to our border, uh, I guess the governor of Texas has decided to start busing individuals to the Capitol because right now the federal government is dropping these individuals off in small Texas towns that are being overrun and they can't quite handle it. So how come it's okay for the government to make laws and break laws and we break a law and we go to jail? Because you're not high enough on their totem pole. You, you don't get to uh, do what they do. They're better than you. Huh. So I have an idea if you're a small business. So the government actually has certain contracts or preference. If you're a minority-owned business, if you're a woman-owned business, if you're a veteran-owned business, they have kind of like bonus points for you and you can get better government contract opportunity if you're one of those. So I think every Caucasian male that has a registered small business should actually change their registration to a female-owned business, since all you have to do is just say you're a female now, and it's so. So they should go and and say that they are a female-owned business, and if they're asked about it, they can just shrug and say, well, I'm not a biologist, so. 
Female business gender identity. I like that. Yeah. So if you want to, if you're a, a Caucasian male and you own a business, a small business, consider re-registering as a female and you have better opportunity for government contracts. Interesting. Another topic we've broached here is educational opportunities in public schools and how the government just kind of has this mindset that you get what you get and it's good enough and you need to shut up about it, it also seems like. So I guess there there have been many charter schools that have come about because and people do not like the public school system. Now, charter schools are technically a part of the public school, but they are run by private and sometimes for-profit companies. It could be nonprofit or for-profit, just depending on who founds the school and how they they put it in. But oftentimes, parents go to these charter schools to give their, their kids more opportunity than they are receiving in the public school. Well, I guess the uh, federal government is looking at trying to stop charter schools by coming up with new rules and regulations for their founding and implementation. Sounds like teachers unions. Yes, it does sound a lot like the teachers unions are, are winning out on this. And I know some will, will side with the teachers union, side with the public school. But if your child is going to an awful school, I want you to think about never changing them to a better school. So that way, everybody has equal opportunity, right? You'll take the bad school so some other student can go to the good school. Or if your kid is in a really good school and you really are pro-public school, Consider putting them in the worst school in your district to open up a spot for somebody else to go to that better school. Well, that's how you keep them dumbed down so you have voters. So it's conspiracy theory time. We're going to be. (laughs) You like those, huh? So Nikola Tesla, when he died, there is a conspiracy. There's actually several conspiracy theories around his death. One was that the government had him killed. Because he was hit by a car. Another conspiracy is that he's not actually dead. That it was just a, a ploy. But if you're with the um, non-conspiracy theory. Which is just that sadly he got hit by a car and died. Did you know that former president Donald Trump. His uncle John G. Trump was a doctor. Like PhD doctor. High level smart guy doctor. And actually was a part of the government's review of Mr. Tesla's um, documents and theories and all of his information that he left behind. That I did not know. Yes. So, Mr. John, or sorry, Dr. John G. Trump reviewed Nikola Tesla's documents after he died and he claimed that there was no truth in the existence or ability in, in some of the um, experimental data that was in there. And the government has repeatedly cited Mr. Or, sorry, Dr. John G. Trump when saying that stuff that Tesla said just didn't exist or, or didn't exist to the level that he claimed. So um, he was who the FBI pointed to when they wanted something discounted in the documents and part of the reason the government disappeared the documents 
Uh, so the conspiracy theory is the reason why they disappeared them is because Nikola Tesla's nephew was set to inherit all of his stuff, and he was a foreign national. So the government claims that they turned everything over to the nephew at one point, way back in the day in the 40s. Um, but when they they boxed up all of his stuff, they put it in trunks. There were 80 trunks. When they shipped all of the stuff to Tesla's nephew, there were 60 trunks. Trunks mysteriously disappeared. Or they just packed that much better. So the cons- one of the conspiracy theories is is that Dr. John G. Trump was hiding the truth of Nikola Tesla's um, experiments that actually worked. And I'm here to tell you, I bet some of them worked. You know, he is and was an engineer and scientist known for designing the alternating current electrical system, or AC current. Right, when most were going with DC current, he actually went with AC, and they thought he his uh, thought process on that was not good, but it turned out. You know where out. he's from? Serbia? Croatia. Oh, Croatia. I think the nephew was from Serbia. 1856 to 1943. There was actually a little rift between him and Thomas Edison, or it was Nikolai versus Thomas Edison. Yep, there's your AC versus DC. AC, DC. Uh, <laughs> that was when Sorry. the band was formed. Yes, yeah, so another conspiracy theory going on with the government is ufos oh it ain't no conspiracy so there are unidentified flying objects but within five years of tesla's death there is a spike in ufos and sightings and the government attempted to hide um those sightings and they would try to misdirect with whatever was going on. So the government would claim some non-interest in UFOs or would tell the general public that they didn't see what they think they saw. So there are now declassified documents that seem to suggest that the UFOs gather around military installations in highly sensitive areas. And most of the descriptions are saucer-like descriptions, which is where it becomes otherworldly. It makes them unidentified because at that time there were no known saucer-like planes or helicopter-type vehicles flying around. So the saucer description isn't a normal way that we think of planes or helicopters functioning. However, some of the claims were that there were lights on top and bottom in different colors, which would, would be a normal description of some of our flying objects because the government plane is typically outfitted for transport has lights indicating which side of the plane that you're seeing or that there's a wing tip there, that sort of thing. So it's just kind of interesting that the UFOs would be outfitted in a similar fashion, even though they were unidentified. But where part of the problem comes in on, on whether or not the government's telling the truth is when the uh, U-2 airplane was brand new and they weren't admitting that it existed, they would go out to communities with disinformation, early disinformation, uh, with disinformation and tell people they weren't seeing what they really saw. And then they would come up with some scientific mumbo jumbo about what the person really saw. And now they admit that that was a lie. Now, oh, like when the YouTube was no longer a classified plane, 
they said, oh, yeah, we had to misdirect you. So if they were lying about this one, what else? Are, are they telling the truth about the rest of the UFOs? All the above. Tesla is an interesting person. Yeah. So another conspiracy around him is that he is the inventor or user of a time machine. And then there is also that Elon Musk is genetic, like the genetics were taken from Tesla and Elon Musk is a product of the genetics taken from Tesla. So he's kind of like Tesla's clone. So I wonder if there's a way to do a DNA test of uh, Elon Musk. Probably if you could find uh, one of Tesla's um, relatives. Or one Tesla of, and then Elon. Yeah, and then marry the You could, the but then if, right. if Tesla's otherworldly, his nephew's not really his nephew. Right. He's but not, not who he says he is. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the documents and stuff that existed that they have come out and actually say give tribute to tesla they could potentially test them for any of tesla's dna and then see if they could match that yes okay last conspiracy for this minute one that we've talked about before on this show which is whether or not there was mass voting fraud or or how would you identify if there was mass voting fraud or what do you even call voter fraud one thing that i was reading up on with voter fraud or whether or not it is voter fraud did you know that the 2020 election had the most mail-in ballots in history i did not know that i just learned something so part of that was because of covid they encouraged people to do mail-in ballots instead of going in person there were 67 million ballots mailed 67 million and looking at that, that would be the most in history. So do you think that doing something on a mass scale would lend to having problems when we've never done something that 100%. big before? Okay. There was a claim and it had, it was videotaped and it has come out that postal employees were backdating the receipt of some of these mail-in ballots so they could be counted when they should not have been counted. And it's on video. The claims are on video. And in fact, one of the individuals who claimed it was interrogated by the post office. And then a big news story broke saying that they they actually um, came out and said they lied and that their claims were not truthful. And so there was a big news story break this Postal person lied and, and claims were not truthful. But it turns out that they recorded that interrogation. And so the, the interrogator tried to claim that the person was free to leave any time. But when he tried to leave, they wouldn't let him. And when he asked for a break, they monitored him. And he had to stay within earshot, wasn't allowed to talk to anybody, couldn't call a lawyer, couldn't have anybody. So they actually did what I consider some pretty unlawful things. Yeah, they manipulated the outcome. Yes. And so, but for the fact that it was recorded, the the news story was a lie and would have been, it would have remained truth, if you will, had that individual not had the foresight to record the interaction. So we've said it before, and there's no way in heck that the president 
the current president of the United States, when he was hiding in his basement, garnered more votes than our historical first black president. Not possible. Period. Not possible. Not possible. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.